Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You um, are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Good morning, caviar dreamers. Well, hello, caviar dreamers. So excited to be here with you today on this shitty day outside. I mean, I don't understand this weather. I can't get my head around it. It's 65 degrees. It's 35 degrees. It's making everyone sicker than they already are. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. I mean, you know, I just want you guys to know I put on makeup for you and put my hair up. I don't know who I am today. Am I Cruella DeVille? Am I Mary Queen of Scots? Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. But I just want you to know I'm only doing this for you because I don't want you to have to be subjected to Margie without makeup. I'm going to call you Margie to Thrill. Yeah, Margie to Thrill. Margie to Thrill today. And I would like to also thank you for tuning into our video podcast because you're keeping me accountable and making me shower. When yes, yes. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so happy. You are. But today we have a great guest, someone I'm completely obsessed with that I think you will be also because... I don't know if you guys realize, but I'm very into interior design. I get a lot of insults on my home, which happens to be completely fabulous. I just want you to know it's 110 years old. And I bought it as a labor of love because I am into interior design. I mean, everyone thinks you should have a fucking McMansion in New Jersey and have new construction, which usually is built like shit. If um, I'm not going to mention any names of people on my show whose house is built like a fucking wedding cake. But... <laughs> I'm not throwing shade, but I am saying my house is 110 years old. It's built very solidly. We bought it as a labor of love. And this is a long time in the making. And interior design is not a decorator, FYI. Interior design is really an art form. And we have someone who's a true talent artist coming on. Her name is Vanessa DeLeon, BDA yeah. Designs. She did Jackie's interior design, who is on my show. She's done Terry Crews. Um, She's done so many famous people. She's done commercial projects, hotels. She's been on HGTV. She has her own tile line with Tile Bar. She's absolutely amazing. Right, Lexi? What she else did she do? I mean, I came um, and go down oh the list of what she's, she's done. She's done so much. She's designed products. Um, she's incredible. But the funny thing is, we met her in Starbucks. Yes. Years ago on the that. side of the highway. Yeah. I was in Starbucks on Route 4, New Jersey, which is near my house. And I was like, who's this hot babe in this really fabulous coat? I was like, I love your coat. It was years ago. And she's like, oh, my God, a BCBG. It was like this faux fur in camel and black. And we immediately became fast friends because I love a girl with amazing style. And then I find out she's this unbelievable interior designer. She's come to my house for some consults. Um, her husband owns a great restaurant. If you didn't see my brunch box the other day, the Brownstone, not to be confused with the Brownstone that Caroline Manz owns, but Brownstone Pancake Factory. Um which keeps me in my cellulite that looks so good on me <laughs> up the block from my house. And there's also one in Edgewater, New Jersey. So we're going to have Vanessa on right now. So let's welcome let's Vanessa DeLeon. She's a hot babe, everybody. Let's get Vanessa on. Yes. Are you so excited? Vanessa, welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me, ladies. Hi. Thank you. I told, I told everybody how amazing you are. Fabulous interior designer. Yeah. I mean, you have your own tile line. 
you do restaurants, you do commercial projects, you've been on HGTV, you've been on Bravo, you've done so many TV shows, you've done Jackie Goldschneider of Housewives, you've done amazing interiors, super excited to have you on, so thank you so, so much. Thank you, ladies, for having me. You both look beautiful today. Oh, thank you. You look so beautiful. Amazing. I know, in this shitty weather. But I just, you know, I want people to know, which I said to them, the important thing is people are like, decorator, interior designer, they think it's interchangeable. It's not. It's not people, it's right? It's different, actually, yeah. Interior designer is very impressive. Anybody could slap a label and say they're a decorator. A decorator, who gives a shit? Anybody could be a decorator. <laughs> no, but interior true. designer is very impressive. Could you please explain to the world what the difference yes. is? There is a big difference, and you're absolutely right. Anybody can be a decorator if they decorate their home. The difference between interior designer and an interior decorator is essentially just schooling, and if you've taken the MDICQ, which is essentially a test that certifies you as a designer. But I started my business in 2000. And you were able to get grandfathered in in 2002. So I'm in this weird kind of gray area loophole because I actually started my career in fashion. I went to FIT at March. I know you did too. Me too. too. Me too. So, All FIT girls stick together. Yeah. I graduated um, with a fashion background and then acquired a job at a big fashion house and it was like the Devil Wars Prada. But to go back to school and to get my uh, design career, I had to go back into it. So I went to design school and I felt behind the eight ball. And that time I said, you know, everybody was graduated and they were off doing their career and I felt like I need to do something. So I actually opened up my LLC when I was in college. Wow. So I didn't finish it. I didn't actually graduate because I had acquired so many clients at the time. And I thought, all right, my business is growing. So I, I'm kind of in this weird gray area because my business was established in 2000 and the grandfathering in was in 2002. So it was a combination of credits and experience. So I'm kind of there, but I'm an interior designer. That's what I have on my business card and that's what I do. And I've been doing it 20 years. So I think I, I uh, deserve that title. Yes, of course. 20 years. Congratulations. I mm -hmm. mean, that is a big deal. And you work with contractors, yeah. you know, you do big, big projects, which is very, yeah. very impressive. From the ground up, yeah. We do, we specialize in hospitality, commercial, and residential. From the ground up or decorating projects, we do a lot of renovations in Manhattan apartments. So really, we run the gamut as far as work, you know, the type of work we do. I, go ahead, oh, And how did you realize that interiors was your thing? Like, you were in fashion school, you think, like, how did you make that segue? So fashion was a passion for me my entire life growing up. Um, not only did I decorate my Barbie houses, but I would interchange their clothes and mix match them all the time. <laughs> so for me, um, when I went to school, it was kind of like the easy, all right, Fashion Institute of Technologies, because I'm going to study fashion, acquired this amazing position, and it literally was like the movie The Devil Wears Prada. And it was such a toxic environment. And I'm all about uplifting women and you know, if you're a boss babe or, you know, you're scaling your career as a woman, like, kudos to you. And, and I felt like it was so different. It was very catty. And we wanted, wanted to get forward. And it was a really weird place to be at. I didn't feel good there. It just it was toxic for me. So I actually went back to my father's furniture store, which at the time, um, that's what put me through college. And when I where was his furniture store? I don't want to interrupt you, but where was his furniture store? It was everywhere. He had them in uh, Fairfield, New Jersey. He had them all over Burning Lane Avenue. My grandfather started the business. He, my actually, my grandfather designed kitchens and baths. In oh, Cuba. cool! Yeah. 
So he came here and opened the whole appliance store. And then it was like a little bit of furniture and appliance. And it was like everything. So my dad took over the business. And, you know, we, we always, there was always a struggle. So my dad, when I went back to um, the furniture business, I started redesigning a lot of like the older style furniture. So I would uh, create different things and, you know, bring a younger, fresh environment and feel to the space. Like when I would design the, the, the uh, space in the furniture store, just make it very useful, youthful and fun. And it started creating some traction. And then people would be like, oh my gosh, can you come over? I want to do my window treatments and my bedding. And then I want rugs. And then it was decorating. And then all of a sudden it became, can you... Um, open up this wall and then I want to go up. I want to go out. I want to go this way. And the time I didn't know what a load bearing wall was. So I needed to go back to school. And that's why I went back to school. But at the same time, simultaneously, I was designing already. Oh, I love that. I love that. So tell us, you were, you know, you were going to go on The Apprentice. Yes, I was. So, um, so I loved, I loved entertaining. I, I felt like as a kid, I was kind of like the class. Someone Instagrammed me yesterday and um, they were like, I remember you in third grade, you had a, a, a comp card and you were walking around with it in school and you were going to be an actress. First of all, I don't even remember third grade and he knew the teacher's name. And I'm like, and I do not know if the teacher was a female or a male. Like I have zero recollection. I love that someone uh, remembers that. Yes. And then, and then, and then we're like, you were always going to be a star and you're a star. And then, oh, like, that's so sweet. Humbling. Yeah. Um, so apparently I had a comp card at, at the age, at, at third grade, which I remember my mom taking pictures. I went on a stupid little pageant, but whatever. Um, so when I found, so I was obsessed with The Apprentice just because of business. I'm like, I'm a fierce businesswoman and I'm creative. Like, you know, the two sides of the brain are being used in one body. This is like yes. amazing, right? So I actually, uh, auditioned and, uh, passed a test here in New York too, two of them, and then made it out of 500,000 contestants to fly That's out to California. Lot. Wow. Literally. I didn't even know how many people like really signed up for this show. Was there up to the seventh day. So it was, every day was testing physical examinations, like inkblot tests. Like, inkblots? Yeah, it's crazy. It was like ludicrous. They should so, have that for housewives. Well, housewives are like, what are you insane? <laughs> the sure. housewives are like, are you no, sick? Got it. You're on. You're on. had to throw a glass. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Check. That's so funny. Uh, um, you running high heels. Check. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I passed every test, and the last day it was a one-on-one -on -one interview. Well, with five girls with Mark Burnett. We were sitting at this table, and all these women were super catty, talking to each other, and like we're not talking or screaming. You know, just being kind of catty, sitting in front of Mark Burnett and these NBC executives behind him. And one of the girls actually happened to be Bethany Franco that was sitting alongside of me. And at the time, it was for The Apprentice Martha Stewart. Yeah. So I thought, hey, I kind of always talked about being the next Latina Martha Stewart. This would be a great end. It's kind yes, of ties. That, that would be. Martha. Yeah, you are like the Latina Martha Stewart. Right? So I thought, this is a home run. But then I was like, wait a minute, is she still in jail? And I'm like, oh my goodness, they know something we don't apparently, and then she was released earlier, blah, 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 and then she had her show, but I walked out of the room super confident, did a great interview, and then I get a knock on the door by one of the PAs, and they're like, I can't believe you didn't get it, and I'm like, what do you mean I didn't get it, I did so well, 
And what it was, I wasn't being super catty like the other women that were sitting in the room and realized, hey, this is the birth of reality TV because this is the beginning of 2000-ish, 2004, 2005. Yes. So that's kind of the beginning, the birth of it. So now I knew, oh, they like that sort of kind of catty, you know. Yeah, aggressiveness you had to be. Right. So um, I didn't make it on, but when I came back, um, I had a, a one assistant and I, we worked together and she was like, Hey, I heard about this show on HGTV. You should try out for a design star. And I was like, mm, I don't know. At the time I was like so jaded with like the whole reality world, but I submitted my apprentice date and they, they called me back. They're like, we love the tape, but it's very business oriented. Do you mind sending us some design work? And I'm like, okay. So I send them over, um, more design stuff. I ended up becoming their commercial. They never called me. So I'm like, holy shit, they use my commercial. Yes. And they need to call me for the show. I'm like, this is such crap. Yeah, how could they do that? Right? Well, you have to sign a waiver. You sign a waiver with the video. So they use my stuff, and I'm like, I've been used, and I didn't even get paid for it. Yes. Finally, I get a phone call, and they're like, pack up your bags, you're moving to the Upper East Side. And I'm like, wait a minute, no physical examinations? I'm not going to go to the gynecologist? You're going to tell me they're like, oh, uh, no. And I was like, oh, okay. So I guess they didn't have the NBC budget, you know? So I literally packed up my bag. I won the first challenge. I was out at the fourth. I can't I believe they were even out. I can't believe you didn't win the whole thing. <laughs> Who won the whole thing? Anybody we even know? Uh, David, David Bromstad. Yeah. Oh, that's when David Bromstad won it. We were roommates on the show, actually. Are you still friends with him? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of lost touch as, you know, like, like, yes, of course. And here and there, like, we'll reach out to each other, but, um, you know, he's kind of doing his own thing, and, you know, we kind of just, like, lost touch, but uh, we were for some time. We were for some time. You guys Actually, have, I, to me, of such different style. Totally. Totally different aesthetic. Uh, but he's super creative. Like, he, he is. He's, like, he's a true artist. Like, he paints. He's amazing. I actually hired him for a gig that I had for a client, um, and he did an amazing role for me years ago. But, um... Anyway, fast forward, I ended up, uh, an agent came to me and wanted to represent me from a big agency, and I was like, okay, sure. And then I started getting gigs in the TV world and realized I, I love TV and I love design, and just like the two of them was, is just like, for me, a dream come true. And um, that's how I started Restaurant Impossible and uh, the Rev Run Project and doing stuff with Ice and Coco, and it's just been really fun sort of. Yeah, you know, you've done stuff with Terry Crews. Yeah, so I was on a show with Terry Crews called Terry Crews Saves Christmas, and it was a seven-day lead-up to Christmas, so it was like a series for the CW, and we had such a blast. We're actually still very good friends to this day. He's one of the most humble, down-to-earth dude you can ever meet. Like, yeah. what he what he exudes, he really is a human being, which is amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I follow him because of you. Because, yeah, he's adorable. And his wife seems fabulous. Oh, and, and I the love party it. with Stevie Wonder. And the party with Stevie Wonder. Oh. You dancing. I absolutely. You just said that and then got goosebumps. Oh. I kid you not. That, for me, I had butterflies. Like, if I, I couldn't even, I didn't even know my body could do that. That's how crazy it was. When he started singing, I'm like, what is happening to me right now? I didn't even think. It was oh. incredible. Oh, I love I that. Goosebumps now. I know. Yes. That is so, so amazing. I am so glad that we found this because I think now more than ever, we really need this. I am obsessed with this Skillshare. Everybody, 
if there's one thing you guys have to listen to and learn from is Skillshare. It is an online community that I want to just say it correctly. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. It helps you explore new skills and deepen existing passions and get lost in creativity. I just wanted to say the formal way, the way I look at it is, sometimes I'm not feeling creative. Sometimes I'm not feeling inspired. Yeah. And I'm like, Marge, are you losing your creativity? I love to learn from other people. Or there's a skill I want to learn about or that I'm interested in. Well, Skillshare has all those things. I mean, you can teach, someone can teach you how to arrange flowers. It's all creative energy and creatives teaching their skills to people who are creative like us or interesting or inspiring. And Lexi and I did this one amazing class, which is going to make us so much more productive. Lex, tell them about oh, it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's by Greg McKeon and it's Simple Productivity, How to Accomplish More with Less. Um, I know in times like this where we have a lot of at-home time and you're not necessarily going so much to work, you can get so distracted. This teaches you how to figure out the strategy of essentialism, figure out the things that are really important to you and be productive and achieve those tasks and streamline your life so you actually maximize your time. I really love this. Class. I know, because I feel like I always try and do too much and I can never accomplish everything. And I'm just like, you can't do everything, people. And this yeah. class is totally for you and you're going to learn so much. But Skillshare, it's like a community. Uh, people write reviews, people share. It's so interesting. There's so many great things. It's been a godsend working from home, actually, because I know as a creative, I really miss um, the sense of community. And like, I'll, call, I'll often call a designer or like ask one of the girls in the office, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? When it's in a program I'm not used to, an illustrator or Photoshop, mm -hmm. or whatever. This is a place that you, people share those skills. You can really like talk to someone else online, read the reviews. You can comment. Other people in the community comment that. And you could learn anything from Instagram marketing to um, Photoshop to how to do better content videos. Um, you know, there's Excel things. There's all anything creative you could do in Skillshare. Yes, and I think this is the perfect time because I think the world is changing and you guys are going to have a, everybody, everybody um, can learn something. It can inspire you. This is the perfect thing, especially for caviar dreamers to yeah. fish budget. It's amazing. So let's just tell you the details because they're giving us an amazing offer for everybody here. So you can explore your creativity and get two free months of two premium months membership. A premium membership. At Skillshare.com forward slash caviar. C-A-B-I-A-R. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. And I, I mean, mean thousands. Thousands. I mean, you want the truth? I step all night. I have horrible insomnia. So I do the classes late at night and just like, turn that off. I'm on my iPad. But it's totally fabulous. So two whole months free. So get started, join today and head to skillshare.com forward slash caviar for two free months of unlimited access to premium membership, thousands of classes, skillshare.com forward slash caviar. Enjoy caviar dreamers. Another gift from caviar dreams to the fish budget. I'm going to go take a class right go now. Go take a class. Now, you okay, you start you started your business. It's so great. Your husband also, Bobby, has this amazing business. Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to know Brownstone Pancake Factory <laughs> up the block from my house. They sent me a brunch box. He's like a power, you guys are a power couple. 
you, you know, it's a lot of balance. You have little baby yeah. Telly, yeah, which right. is so, which is so yeah. cute. And <laughs> you know, it's it's balancing. It's it's life balance. I think a lot of people who listen to this are, are young moms or yeah. or couples and and had to do it. And and tell us about your relationship because a how did you meet Bobby and then get yeah. into your relationship? Okay, so the the the, the, the quick the. The quick short synopsis is it was much longer than this, but we had a lot of mutual people that knew we knew of each other but didn't know each other. My cleaning lady happened to be cleaning his house at the same time she was cleaning my house. From my <laughs> it was just like all these coincidences, and I feel like it was kind of serendipitous for us to sort of meet at some point of our lives just because of all these connections. I was at a bar, um, well, at a restaurant really, at the bar with my girlfriend planning our little itinerary to Italy. And I went there for like a quick happy hour. He come, uh, I see a friend of mine who's a builder come in and he's like, Hey, what are you doing here? Oh my God, my, my friend Bobby's going to be coming in shortly. And I'm like, Oh, finally, the famous Bobby. So he comes, come, he comes in and I'm like, hi, I'm Vanessa. And you know, all bubbly. He's like, I know who you are. And he was just kind of like, cool. And I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, I have your book. Uh, it's on my coffee table. And I knew he had his, my book on his coffee table because my, Cleaning lady is like, did you design this Greek guy's house on the waterfront? He has your book on his coffee table. So I, I kind of already knew. So I thought that was sort of funny, right? Um, and then he's like, you know what? He, his friend was with a group of people. So he had just come, come out of work. And Bobby works like a crazy animal. So he's like, I'm going to go home, freshen up or whatever. He's like, um, you know what? I'm building a house. Do you have a card? Like, kind of like nonchalant. Didn't ask me for a drink. He was just like cool, calm, and collected. I'm like, huh. And that kind of intrigued me a little bit about him. You know, when someone ignores you, kind of, sort of. Yes. You're like, oh, hey, why me? <laughs> so, um, so I gave him my card. And then I, I never really, I never heard from him. It was finally like a month. I get a phone call, not a text message. But a phone call, and he was like, hey, how are you? Kind of, you know, we, we, sh we shot the shit for a little bit. And he's like, do you want to get together? you want to go to dinner on Thursday night at Del Posto? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Literally, we arrived there at 8 o'clock, and we closed the restaurant down. And we've been inseparable ever since. I, I that, that is, I love, love that story. So tell me, like, I think you have a very signature style. You know, the Vanessa DeLeon, like, I love it, the way you design. Though you inject, you know, everyone's personality, because that's super important. Like, you did Jackie's house. She's obviously not as kooky as someone like the Marge. Um, you know, she's... <laughs> you I, know, I found your pictures the other day, because I was cleaning out my phone, and I found your... And I was like, whoa, this is super cool. What is it? And I kind of clicked on it, because you used to see, like, just the scroll boxes, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Mark's old house. Yeah, people don't realize. I used to have, like, an amazing design house, people. And everyone <laughs> bitches. Amazing. What house are you talking about? Yeah, and this house, people bitch about this house. And I'm like, it's 115 years old, 110, 115 that's, years that's old. That's what's amazing about it. This is what's amazing about it. And I love a project. And it, it tell Vanessa, please tell people it takes time. It takes time to do an old house. Especially for someone as creative as you, it's going to take time. It's like a labor of love. And the house is super charming as far as the details are concerned. Yes. So you have to sort of pay homage to it, but not lose sight of that. Exactly. And then inject your style into it. It's a very delicate balance. Could get done, but it's going to take time. Yeah, and people are just like, oh, you're, you're lazy, you're this, you're cheap. I was like, I own the property next door. And I was like, I'm not like a cookie cutter not to be mean against some of my other people on my show who you get to see their house, 
but it's like, I'm not doing all thrones and looking like a fucking wedding cake, okay? It's not my style. And, and some people love that, and I'm not insulting it, but that's not, de- that's not design. In my no. opinion. No, no. This is precisely why. No. Because I would walk into someone's face and be like, oh, that's terrible. Yes, exactly. I don't want to say. So what do you consider your design aesthetic? What You have a name for it. So I call my design style glamouristic. It's a fusion of glamour and minimalism. So it's like 1920s meets 2020. It's it's the old and new, sort of the juxtaposition of two styles, but but seamlessly putting it together so it looks super like rich and super curated at the same time. Yeah, and it's and it is timeless because I feel like mm-hmm. I, I've seen spaces that you've done years ago that still work today, and 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 that and that's what I that's what I love about it. So tell me, how do you make sure that the person's personality goes into their home? So um, by meeting them, like when I met you, I knew exactly who you were because you were easy. It exudes all over, right? But some people don't necessarily know how to articulate their design style, especially if they're married and one person has one style and the other person has another Mm -hmm. style. They don't know how to merge the two. So I love to go into their closets because I feel like that's that's smart. That's smart. So if you walk in and see all these geometric prints or leopard or, you know, cat or, or whatever, if you see like this whole thing of like a geo prints and, or black and white, I know it's going to be very difficult for me to sell them color. I know if I show them a zebra fabric, they're going to get excited about it if they love, you know, they have more animal prints. Um, if I walk in and it's all beige and it looks like the gap, then I know that it's going to be a hard sell to do like a big, bold, golden black wall. So it's, it's seeing the clients, you know, like their inner them, right? Because there's textures and patterns and colors in your closet. So you know how bold you can go. You know how much you can scale it back. And still introduce a little bit of me because they're hiring me because they're, they're intrigued by something. Maybe they want to step outside the box and just don't know how to. Yeah, I, I think that's what's important. Do you find it hard to decorate your own spaces because you are so creative? <laughs> Well, as they say, cobbler's kid never has shoes, right? Yeah. So a designer's home is never fully designed. Um, And that was a struggle for me for many years. I I owned apartments and homes prior to my current home. And I got to tell you, there was probably like three or four rooms that were never done. And even the rooms that were done, still missing accessories, still missing those final little 10% details that make the space. So... I did something a little different this year, this time around. So last year we built our house. So a year and a half ago we built our house. So I said to my team, I said, listen, I'm going to treat myself like a client and I'm going to pick two design styles and then I'm going to put two presentations together. I'm going to select finally the things that I love from both because I travel all over. We go to Milan. We go to all these shows. We go to North Carolina. We go all the trade shows that are possibly out there. So I see the greatest and the newest stuff, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to add that. So it's to a point that you end up not adding anything because there's just so much, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to do a presentation. I'm going to select my final option. The final option is going to get rendered. And that's a sealed deal. That's it. I cannot touch the rendering. We have to install exactly what's on this photograph. So then I literally gave it to one of my designers. I'm like, procure everything on the sheet. Because I know if it's going to be purchased, I can't make any more decisions or add on or remove. I've been adding on because of travels and stuff, like things that I find or art pieces I'm collecting over time because that takes time to collect and curate. But I got to say, it worked because my house is complete. Yeah, and it's magnificent. It's magnificent. And you know what, people, if you want to see, it's on Instagram. 
Thank you. Yeah. There yeah. is there are pieces on Instagram. Her house mm -hmm. is totally it magnificent. Is. It, it it is amazing. So tell you have a tile line with tile bar. Yes. Yes. So I um you know as a designer you kind of think of okay what's the next thing? Yeah. What's um, the next? Tell us. Yeah, so I thought, you know, I, I need to get into, like, licensing, so career-wise, the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's super important. Yeah, so for me, um, the tile line has been the most successful uh, and the most amazing because they've marketed me, they pushed me, they pushed my product, they believe in me. So I, I really, truly believe that it's a, it's a success, not only because it looks cool and, and it's versatile and people can install it in multiple settings, but it's also the, the company that believes in you. It's true. So I think it's a really good marriage. Um, I also have a line with Elber Furniture. I have my own furniture collection with them. It's my dining room table that you see and I go up and down. Which I love. Really cool marble legs. Um, and working on some rug lines. I almost had a gig with QVC for a whole bedding line. And then that one sour because executives moved and changed. I know. And that would be so good for you. I could see you doing great bedding line. That's yeah. QVC, it's hard. It's hard times. I've, I've had almost a big deal with them and it did not go through. And it's very upsetting. Yeah. So you, you know that world all too well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just kind of like keep going, you know. Um, you know, the, for me, it's, it's like, you don't stop. I've always treated myself like, okay, I'm, I'm healthy and able. So I have to stick to my, my three D model, which is drive, dedication, and discipline. Oh, I just like keep, that. Just keep going. Just keep doing. Because I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth and I never wanted to depend on anybody or anything. So I just got to keep pounding the pavement until I get what I want. That's that's so smart. I think rugs. I just want to digress one second because yes. I'm thinking of rugs. Rugs are very hard because it's very yeah. easy to mm -hmm. fuck up the size of a rug, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the look of a rug and and the color of a rug. Yeah. Right. Because there's so many different sizes and styles yeah. of rugs. Yeah. You know, yeah. rug rug selection is very hard, people. I mean, there's so many amazing rugs out there, and there's like cheap rugs and expensive rugs. And yeah, nylon, you got your jutes, you got, you know, your wovens, your hand-tufted, your machine-made. There's all these different variables. So when, you know, someone talks about a $40,000 rug that's, you know, 9 by 12, and then there's a 9 by 12, $1,500 rug, you better believe one's probably silk and one is probably nylon. So you also have to know what you're purchasing um, and know how you're going to use it. I probably wouldn't spend $20,000 on a rug that's going underneath my dining room, for example. I would probably get the nylon and switch it out later on. And the colorways, you know, you can get, you can find those same colorways in a nylon that you do with silk. So there's a lot of ways to cheap chic it without jeopardizing your look or, or jeopardizing your, who you are as an individual. Do you, yeah. hey, what about wool? What about the wool rugs? I, I saw a rug I wanted for my dining room. Um, the wools are amazing. The only thing with wool, it's going to shed for quite some time. Ooh, I don't like the shedding. I don't even have a dog that sheds. <laughs> Your dog is hypoallergenic. It's yes, dog, hypoallergenic. Right? Little little Bella right here. We're gonna we're gonna pick her up. And in an outfit. <laughs> and in an outfit. Yeah, we cannot take anything that sheds. A wool, it's a wool, um, I love that rug society. Do you like oh. rug society? Oh, yeah, they have cool stuff. They do have um, cool stuff. The only thing is it's going to shed for a little bit, but it'll, it'll stop shedding after a while because it just kind of releases what's on top and you're constantly walking on it. But after a while, it just takes a lot of getting used to. I don't know if it was a wool and a silk combo. I don't know what it was, but I just love the style. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. 
Some people might do mine. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I just feel like a combo. That's the whole thing. But I do feel, so you're not opposed to nylon rugs? Polypropylene I'm not. As a matter of fact, I have a nylon in my son's room. Um, you know, there's, there's spit up on it, and I clean it off, and it's no problem. And a silk rug, to clean up spit up on a silk rug is not in the Yeah, room. I don't feel yeah. like I could have a silk rug in my house just in case my drunk piece on it. Yeah. Yeah, silk rug looks amazing. Looks amazing. How it glistens and shines in different directions. You cannot compare. It's amazing. But they also have like fake silks and the bamboo silks that are really pretty amazing. And um, a lot of their replica silks are also, you know, with technology nowadays, a lot of the nylons tend to look a little like silk. So, so that's good. Tell us what you think, um, where people could scrimp, but it still looks expensive. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a good one. Um, Honestly, the rug, you can save a lot on a rug. Like I was just saying that example about the $20,000 rug that's 9 by 12 and the $100 rug that's 9 by 12 um, The difference is going to be the manufacturer, what it's made out of. But ultimately, when you see it as a photograph and you see it as a space, if you're doing a bold pattern like a pink smeared pattern or something, you can create that same look with a nylon and have a beautiful 9 by 12 rug that looks like it's a million bucks. Once you layer pillows and draperies and, you know, wall accents, that rug will come to life even more so. So I think that's a really great way of um, kind of lifting it up. Um, I'm kind of into the cheap sheet. I like to mix a little bit. You know, I'm the kind of girl that, you know, wears a Target outfit and, you know, carries a Chanel bag. You know, I feel like if you're creative, you know how to tie all those pieces together. And I also think a place that you can kind of go inexpensive but make it look scalable and, and um, make it look pretty impressive is wallpaper. Wallpaper creates yes. such a bold statement and looks super rich, How you know, depending on how you do it, behind a a sofa wall behind a bed wall in a nook before you walk into a foyer you know all those things kind of elevate the design um and it looks really expensive and there's 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 peel and stick wallpaper out there which you could do it yourself i love wallpaper how do you feel about you know porcelain tile that looks like marble so i love porcelain tile that looks like marble um i'll tell you why the longevity is amazing so Listen, I love marbles. I love natural stones, but I natural stones, it's it, for my lifestyle, it will never work. For example, I have a in my foyer, I actually have real marble, but I, I, I selected a color that was going to be kind of like a um, it'll camouflage any staining, if you will, like, mm -hmm. like salt from the snow and all that stuff will stain. So I did one that had like a lot of variation. So even if it was damaged, it kind of looks like a pattern. Um, but I, I would not do a porcelain, uh, I would not do a marble on top of my counter. I would do a quartz or a porcelain-like material on my counters because if there's a juice box or strawberries or a coffee cup with the ring, it'll destroy the countertop. Or a kitchen floor, right? Yeah, same. So porcelain is much, and a pure body, 100% pure body porcelain also is less likely to crack. Actually, ceramics always crack, but that's what you use mostly for walls. But a lot of people use it for floors and then end up failing because it cracks. It, once once something falls on it, you'll have a hairline crack that will just continue. And, and it's much more reasonable than marble, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's, a, that's a good design hack. Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, now manufacturers are finally catching on. So now when you get a box, it's not stamped with the same marble stamp. It's stamped with multiple versions of the marble. 
So when you take out a full box, there's not one marble that relates. And typically, back in the olden days, right, they used to have that one pattern, the same stamp. So when you put it on the wall, put it on the floor, it was like the same marble pattern, which that looks super fake. Yes. Um, rather than mixing it, which makes it look much more real. It's funny. My, hu Joe, my husband said that last the other night to my girlfriend because he's going to do her... Joe happens to be able to do tile two people. Not that he's done my house, but he's my girlfriend who owns a house and he said he's going to do her bathroom and we were ordering, you know, I said, do the porcelain marble. And he said, the, the way to make it look real is to do it random. Right. And he's like, so that it doesn't all match up. And did I, he's like, you know, he was telling her he was going to lay her tile. And I was, I said, I'm going to ask Vanessa that. Is that a good hack? Um, yeah. What are certain things that never go out of style, like certain prints or certain colors that you feel that, that are timeless, that are, that are timeless forever? So I, I'm a big fan of black and white. Mm, me mean, too, me too. I know it's not a color, but I feel like it, it lasts forever. It's old Hollywood. I think it's so heuristic, but I feel the same way. I love black and white. And then you can always sprinkle in color, and that's how you play with the color, keeping the longevity of pieces, right? Sofa being black and accent and white and patterns that are black. But then you can sprinkle in your colors. You can put, if it's, if it's uh, animal, you know, with leopards and all that, and wearing a leopard shirt, that's all in style right now. It's super, you know, in vogue. Then you can have throw pillows with that pattern. But it still goes with the black and white because if you sprinkle in the brown and the beige and the cream, you can kind of still create that montage of colors in a natural form with black and white too. So I feel like that is timeless. Um, I also feel like um, things that are trendy are, are sometimes like, you know, the overdone Lucite. I love Lucite and I have I do too. on my dining table. But if it's everything Lucite, it kind of loses its, uh. And then if everything's mirrored, I pigeonholes you to like a glam thing. So like if all your furniture is mirrored, it kind of dates itself to like when it was really cool, which is like, you know, a few years, a couple years back. So um, I love more like the classic furniture mixed in with both patterns and or or monochromatic scheme, which always looks sort of timeless. Also, my living room is very monochromatic. Yes, I I agree. Monochromatic is great. I like pops of color, but I think yeah. like certain things. Yeah, I like that idea. I love a base of black and white. Is great. I mean, so I mean, so many people have so much gray, 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 gray are interconnected. So Vanessa, what mm -hmm. I love is like. You're a high-end interior designer. You do these big projects. People are going to say, I love Vanessa's style. I love everything. She's unaffordable. But you have come up with so many solutions to yeah. so they could get your, you know, style across the board. Tell us what you came up with. You came up with this years ago. Tell us. Yeah. Actually, in 2005, I developed a website, and it's called VDA Virtual. Um, at the time, there was no such things as and all these like fancy things so I still do it old school uh, uploading your photographs you basically up upload your room with a floor plan generic floor plan and then you take photographs so you upload it to this one um, tab on the VDA virtual and then you select your style board so I have mm -hmm. multiple styles eclectic uh, traditional glamalistic modern and you pick which one you like and then you can send inspirational photos and I develop a scheme or a design in a presentation format with, with hyperlinks that you can actually pick through and sort through the manufacturer. So your presentation is kind of active. And then if there's samples and materials, I then send you a VDA virtual box. I love a that. box to your house and it gets delivered right to your doorstep and it has all the samples and then you could procure on your own. Oh, that's, that's great. I mean, it's so anybody yeah. across the country, mm -hmm. across the world, 
you could work with Vanessa in a very reasonable price point. You just send a picture of your room. She'll do the layout. She'll send you design inspiration. You'll get a design board. Then you could work on your own time frame and you can put it together yourself, but you have the whole design inspo. So it's not a big deal. I mean, and it's, it's affordable. You don't have to fly her across the country. I mean, it's great. Yeah. And, they, and, and it's such a great offer. I mean, how else are you? It's so good. I love it. Thank you. It's, yeah. It is so smart. It's an easy way to have a piece of my design in your home, like anywhere in the world. Which is so good. You know what I also love? During this time, you're on Instagram. Obviously, I've been following you. You're giving free design advice to people. You're answering tons of questions. But you've also selected some people to design their spaces. Yeah. So Tell us I, about that. Yeah, so I feel like in this time um, that we're all in a weird place, we're, we, are all, we, we are all in fear. We have no idea because we've never been, our, in humanity, we've never been where we are right now all together as, as uh, globally. So I felt like giving back and doing something that, that was going to lift someone's spirit. So I, uh, I put out a call and I wanted to see who would nominate someone for, you know, it, it could it could be a, a, a story like, I, I had selected a few people, but one is a family who she had to adopt her children, her sister's kids with her nieces, um, and she's now living in this house with all these kids, and she doesn't know how to design for her and how to design for these kids. So she's a first-time mom, forcefully, and she wants to make their house a home, but she doesn't mm. want to lose sight her style. So I love that story. Um, so I picked a few stories that resonated uh, with me and um, I hand selected these families. So now uh, within the, the next week, so I'm going to be doing free consults for them. And I just feel I like that. it's getting back when, you know, my creativity can make someone feel good in the time like this. I think it's so important to give back. And I have been answering free design questions um, throughout the week, like Q and A's. Um, they submit pictures, DM, and I respond to them. Um, and people were writing back and they were like, you know, I love that you're doing this. It's so amazing. And if there's anything that I can give as a vendor, if you want to give anything to I me. I love that. That's great. That's Which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has to follow you for that. But tell me, what are some, I just want to ask one other question. What are some common design mistakes mm -hmm. that people make? Because I know what I think. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I think a common one is underscaling their furniture for their space or overscaling their furniture for their space. I, that's I, that's what I say, too. I go to someone's house and I'm like, that fucking sofa is too small. Yeah, she came space. to my house and said, that fucking sofa is too small, Lexi. <laughs> well, did she move? She moved from a small apartment move. to a big I apartment. Move. But it is. Yeah, but if they're buying it for the new space, like sometimes I'll come into these situations that they're just stuck and now they're hiring a designer and they already purchased it. I'm like, wow, the sofa is really small. It's a 72-inch sofa in this massive great room. Like, what are you doing with this? It looks like a post-it in the space, you know? Uh -huh. So I feel like space planning is really important. Space planning, um, it really sets the tone for what you can put in your space before you actually invest in these pieces. So um, I kind of start there. I start with a floor plan. I start with an inspiration, whether it's a rug or some wallpaper, and then I kind of develop the room from there. But, like, first and foremost is scale. Scale is so important. And I walk into these a studio apartment in Manhattan, and there's, like, this sofa that's 108 inches long. I'm like, what is that? It's, like, serving as a bed and your sofa? No, no, this is my sofa. I'm like, it's literally the entire apartment. So it's knowing how to scale your space to your, your room, you know, to your – to your particular situation. 
Yeah, and that's why I think people really need a professional. People yeah. are like, oh, I have great style, I have great taste, da da da, do basic bitch shit, and then they have the wrong scale of everything. <laughs> and scale is so important, and it it's what elevates a space. It's not even yeah. about price points, is it's just what yeah. elevates a space. And and Correct. also what people do, and tell me if this annoys the shit out of you, they put furniture all towards the wall. Yeah, yeah. Everything is on the fucking wall. I'm like, what are you doing? Because it's going to be prom night, so they need space to dance in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the chairs surrounded. Um, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And, and I'm all about grouping. Group everything together. It's okay there's space. You, know, you want void space. You want to be able to walk around the sofa to look outside the window or whatever it is. It's okay to kind of group things to the center. Uh, if anything, the only thing that I would push towards a wall is a sofa. Everything else, like chairs, ottomans, accents, all that stuff can be put together. And I think also what grounds a space is a rug. So depending on your size room or whether it's an 8x10 rug or 9x12 rug, kind of putting the pieces on, and even if it's the front legs of the sofa, the front legs of the, of the side chairs, putting that as your surface and as your, like, your start point, then the room starts to come together and look very cozy. Yes. Versus all against the, the yeah, it's so weird when people do that. I'm like, uh, you know, and it's just, uh, I'm very opinionated, obviously. Very, very, no? Well, you know. opinionated. No, not me, not me. So, Vanessa, thank you so much. I mean, you've given us so much insight. You're so creative, so talented. You're doing so many great things. Tell people where they can find because everybody's got to follow her. Just for A, inspiration. Yeah. B, because she's a powerhouse woman. C, because you got to see what she's doing giving back with these people so tell us where everybody can find you so through instagram and twitter it's vda underscore designs like vanessa de leon associates vda underscore designs or vanessa de leon associates or vanessa de leon you can find me through all those channels facebook instagram twitter all this stuff. And, I, and i'm on tiktok people i'm oh, oh she's on tiktok amazing i gotta get on tiktok yeah, and also say where TikTok. we can find bobby her fabulous husband because his restaurants are my favorite I mean, yeah, six, six, fun. six. Yeah, and we're having, we're, we just developed, this is what quarantine, but Bobby's very creative, and he came up with this idea of doing these quarantine sort of brunch box um, uh, deliveries or pickups, actually. So it's a brownstone brunch box. It's We sent one to you guys. Yeah, look on my Instagram. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, Nutella injections for your waffles <laughs> and pancakes. I mean, how great is that? There's been injections so much fun. in my mouth. All yeah, totally, right? <laughs> Love. So, um, his, um, we're looking oh, at... Oh, Joe. Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. <laughs> He's wearing his blue gloves. He's doing a rectal exam. <laughs> right, I'm following this. Thank God he had pants on. I know, jeez. <laughs> uh, the Brownstone Pancake Factory. Um, and on Instagram, it's the Brownstone Pancake Factory. So It's um, so good. In Edgewater and in Englewood. And get your Mother's Day orders in because yes. I will be ordering for Mother's Day. So exciting. Well, Vanessa, thank you so, so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. You look gorgeous. Have a beautiful day. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I am obsessed with Vanessa. Obsessed. Obsessed is the first day we met her in Starbucks. I know. Mm -hmm. I just want everyone to know. We met her. She was wearing that amazing coat. She we loved a fashionable woman. Uh, I mean, how funny is Joe? Joe. Now he's moving. So, anybody bitches that my husband doesn't do work, I mean, did you not just see him moving that recyclable can? That's it. Put him to work. Put him to work. We've got a list now. A list of things. We've got to check the scale. We've got to measure the rugs. Let's talk. Scale is important, people. Very, very important. 
black and white, never goes out of style. And everybody's doing gray, gray, gray. My old house was gray. I'm over it already. I'm doing a lot of black and white and a lot of wallpaper. Wallpaper. Wallpaper is happening. I have boxes and boxes of wallpaper. When you see my house again, you'll be like, March, there's so much wallpaper. And it's really cool to hear from, you know, we've heard from a lot of different guests how their relationships and motherhood has affected like their journey. Vanessa's really a woman that's doing it all. She has a two, well, it's coming mm -hmm. up to be two in June. She's a baby. And her husband is doing it all also. And they are so inspirational as a couple because yes. they really have a great like work-life balance. They do. But she said he works every holiday. Yeah. She told me he works every holiday. You know, it's what their priorities are. So yeah. whatever, just so you know, whatever your caviar dreams are, it's not about money. It's about happiness. And that's really what I say. You know, I just want to inspire people. Um, you know, I want to my entrepreneurial dreams and it was about my work-life balance. I love working out of the home. So I started that way so I could be with my kids. Um, I don't talk a lot as much about my kids. We all know. I, you know, maybe you guys know now. I did birth a son. He happens to be working out of the house right now um, because he came home. He lives in another state. But I did that so I could be with my kids. And actually, I'm so... And Lexi that you did because it meant I could be with my kid too. Yes, so. and so Lexi could work with her kid. That was our priority, so we could have a work-life balance, yeah. work with our kids, um, and because we love to work. We love to work, but we also love to be with our kids and our with our family. And I love to look like shit during the day. <laughs> um, so whatever your caviar dreams are, please keep dreaming, caviar dreamers, and we hope we can help you fulfill them and meet fun new people and learn great things. So don't forget to follow us at Caviar Dreams Tim Fish Budget on Instagram. Yes. The Real Margaret Josephs on Instagram. Real Margaret Josephs. The Life of Mrs. Bing. The Life of Mrs. Bing. That's me. Oh, and she's the real oh, Bella Benigna. Though I gotta I gotta work on her Instagram. She's been very lazy lately, you know. It's the quarantine. It's got a soul. It's the quarantine. I go from lazy to like on super drive, like, you know, fluctuating. Yes, exactly. And I just want you to know how much I love you guys because I'm actually getting dressed, showering, and putting on makeup for you because normally I wouldn't. Normally I, <laughs> I, normally I smell and don't shower until like 5 in the afternoon. And thank you for holding me accountable because, yeah, I would be the same. You make me get up and get dressed, so it's good. It's good. It's good. So all Vanessa's information will be on margaretjosephs.com, Caviar Dreams section also. So you can see everything there. And the links will be in our new YouTube. Seeing us now, we have video also. Yes. Bye, guys.